Yeah. You know, I'ma rap about my car real quick. I'ma rap about my Volvo. I need y'all to feel me on this shit. Yeah, born in 86. Same year that I was An ugly motherfucker But that's my ride, bruh A silver Volvo 240ZL It make me wanna choke somebody out Call me Screenwell It's called Simo. My car is clean, though But I bet no girls stop and stare when they see me, bro At least in a good way But hey, you're safe as shit But towards the bottom on my list of favorite whips Say, but it's got a place in my heart That whips close to me Worth more to me than just using to get groceries I've laughed in that car I've cried in that car Knock on wood Man, I'll probably die in that car in the V-O-L-V-O V-O-L-V-O My Volvo V-O-L-V-O V-O-L-V-O My Volvo Take on empty with my mama Volvo Take on empty with my mama Volvo Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm here with the Seattle legend to the point that family friends, family members, other artists that I've told about this interview have been super super excited like the 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 generations that this man has touched in Seattle is 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 uncomparable and I'm just excited and, and honored to have this man in a third wheel podcast studio here today with me um, he recently dropped a new album called born in 86 um, let's get right into this one it's it's my pleasure to have the one and only Grinch how you doing man I'm doing great, man. Once again, man. I I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you having me, man. I'm yes, glad, I'm glad we, fi- we we've been talking for a little while. I'm glad we were finally able to yeah, man, it's make been, it happen and you know link up. It's been at the um, I met you at what's it, what show was that? It was, it was the Merz show. Merz show. Merz at uh, at Nectar. So how did how did you become this Seattle entity that I want to get into your background, of course? But how did you get to this point where like all of these just artists in the industry just know who you are like, i've heard that like when these when like people like murs come to town they're like hitting up, hitting you up to come down to their shows and you guys are all like close you know on your new album you had cocaine daz dillinger i mean it's just i've, I've been around a long time man it's just over the year over the years man things just you know just met a lot of people you know kept kept in contact kept good relationships with folks over the years man that yeah. that's 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 true because I I feel like that's one thing I have learned. Not to say you're an older artist. You're, you're I am. young. I, you're, no, you're no, young no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 closer to forty than I am. You know, <laughs> thirty now, man. So it's I, all it's all good. I feel hey. like older artists have this thing where they do stay connected, though, which yeah. I think people can learn from. I I think it's almost like I think it's a uh, it's like some, it's just camaraderie. Yeah, you know, and all that kind of stuff over the years, you know camaraderie that's a good point yeah i think that's very important that's what i've been really pushing with the podcast is it's all about community i have as much to learn from you as i feel like you can from me you know what i mean let's do it man yes sir (laughs) so let's 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 start the the origins of uh, of grinch how did you get started in hip-hop and you're 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 born and raised seattle like yeah yep 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 born and raised in seattle washington um I mean, I kind of got into hip hop just the same way, you know, so many others did, you know, just hearing stuff on the radio, um, just things of that nature. And uh, in elementary school, you know, uh, this kid named Vu, he let me borrow a copy of his brother's uh, tape of the chronic. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, took it home and was listening to it. And I was like, man, I like this because it all these cuss words, man. It feels like something I'm not supposed to be listening to. Right. You know, and um, 
you know, from there, I just, you know, just started listening to more and more hip hop as I was able to discover it. And, uh, yeah, just eventually started trying to, you know, thinking I could rap myself. <laughs> When's the first time would you, you think you ever tried to rap? Probably about like nine or 10. Okay. Um, it was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, a lot, it was mainly me just trying to say as many cuss words as I possibly could. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, then just oh, from there, it was just the evolution. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, um, by the time I was in, you know, middle school, uh, for one, uh, I think it was like Christmas, like seventh grade. Um, my parents actually got me a, a Tascam mm -hmm. four track Porta studio. And my dad had a whole bunch of music equipment you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, my dad, my dad played the piano, the accordion, all kinds of stuff. He's music guy himself. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a random one, the accordion. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Nor Norwegian man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, so we kind of helped me figure out how to like, you know, hook up the, the Porter studio and stuff. And, you know, he had a couple of like cruddy mics and stuff like that. Um, but actually before that though, uh, my grandpa, my grandpa, Ed gave me a boom box when I was, mm. when I was young. And so, I figured out from there, you know, how I could take a cassette tape and like, you know, you put like scotch tape over like the little squares on the top of it so you could record over it, you know, because okay. I didn't really have any like blank cassettes. And so, I, and then I borrowed another boom box from the neighbor kid. And so I, you know, I had accumulated like some, you know, cassette singles that had like the B side that had the instrumental on it. Oh, okay. And so I used one boom box to play the instrumental in the background and then I used the other one to put the tape in to record it. And it had like a like an internal microphone on mm -hmm. it. And so I would just record it, you know, and you would hear like the beat playing in the background. You just got me sitting by the microphone on the boombox <laughs> trying to rap. And uh, that was kind of like the earliest, you know, <laughs> of me messing around. But um, but then when I got, you know, the the task cam uh, in middle school, um, I actually kind of, you know, learned to actually like record a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, wrote stupid stuff, wrote wrote a song about, a, you know, one of my girlfriends in middle school, you know, all kinds of, you know, just real cheesy stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then from there, you know, by the time I got to high school, you know, it was just more about, you know, just freestyling and this, that, and mm. all that kind of stuff and battling and all that kind of stuff. And um, so you're a battle rapper? Briefly, I got a real brief history of, of you know, battling, you know, oh, it, yeah. it was more so just like you would, you would be at, you know, like like keggers and stuff and everybody be freestyling and battling and all that kind of stuff. And, um, then I think late 2003, I was, it was my senior year of high school. Uh, my guy, Sonny Bonaho, you know, you know, Sonny. Yeah. He, um, he used to throw these, uh, these events called Madden Mike, okay. Madden Mike and Glitter. It was like hip hop showcases, freestyle battles, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And, um, so I went to Madden Mike, I think it was the second one he did at the end of 2003 and uh there was a freestyle battle and i went down there with uh my buddy steve and my buddy josh and like they were kind of you know convinced me to like enter the freestyle battle yeah. and all that kind of stuff and i because i was like i don't know man and uh i got up there you know i didn't i didn't win the whole thing but i i, I beat the first dude and uh you know i didn't end up winning like the entire battle but uh one of the judges for it was uh was big psych okay from uh thug life so Pox boy. And I remember he came up to me that night and was like, he was like, man, you're going to be all right, man. <laughs> this was in Seattle. Yeah. I was in Seattle at, at wow. the, at the original Vera project. Oh, down shoot. There on, uh, on fourth in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Like, like when you used to have to walk up the stairs Wow. to, uh, to get up to it. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, and then from there, um, ended up doing like my senior project in high school. And uh, I decided I wanted to, you know, do a CD for that. So a couple of the homies from from school, uh, my buddy Jihad, um, and my guy Elliot and a couple other people, Sonny did one of the beats on it, but I put together like a, you know, seven song EP mm-hmm. that I, uh, that I recorded at Sonny Bonaho's house. Cause Sonny actually, after that battle, you know, I was like, I had to find like a mentor for this project right? and I was like, you know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really know anybody in the scene. Like I knew, I knew people, you know, people who were, you know, rappers and stuff who from Seattle in the scene, but mm-hmm. I didn't like have any like solid, solid connections. So I was like, man, maybe, maybe this guy can be my, uh, you know, my, my mentor for this thing and uh mm. reached out to him and he was like hey recorded the whole project over his place you know we did the photo shoot for the cover and all that stuff and so you had like real producers for this one then yeah 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 wow. yeah yeah you mean homies from high school but yeah they were they were making real beats for me wow. and uh and yeah pressed up you know sonny got 100 copies of it pressed up for me and went to went back to school with him and sold them all in the that day that's cool yeah wow yeah, I, I sold them all for five <laughs> Five bucks uh, a pop, man. And I walked out of school with five hundred dollars in my pocket. I felt, I felt like I was stupid rich, man. I mean, damn. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was good, man. You know, I, yeah. And then from there, I just, you know, evolved and got more and more entrenched in the, in the local scene. And yeah, and that was now it's been like almost twenty years later. Damn. <laughs> That's craziness. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was watching a, a previous interview, and at that time, you were saying there was. There was no meaning to the name Grinch. Over the years, have you has there evolved a meaning to the to the name? No, or? no. Uh, I mean, a lot. Of, <laughs> and I've told this story before, but uh, how the name Grinch came up was uh, my buddy Josh, one of the one of the guys I went to that mm-hmm. the Madam Mike battle with. He, um, you remember, you know about AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. I'm over here dating myself here, <laughs> but. Uh, but I remember one night he was just, you know, sending me a whole bunch of random like rap names. He's like, you need a rap name. I didn't really have one. I was just John, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that, that guy who raps. Mm-hmm. And um, and he threw out a bunch of random names. And Grinch with the Y was the one that I was like, all right, let's just, yeah, let's roll with that. I'm, It's cool, but I don't know. I don't love it. You know, we'll use it. I'll use it for the time being. And uh, I was like, I'll probably change it at some point. Yeah. But, eh, here I am. Were you, were you like <laughs> ever a fan of like the grinch who stole christmas though oh yeah 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 i de- no I, I definitely watched the old cartoon when i was a kid and mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah like so how much you probably got a lot of that though like oh there's a grinch who stole christmas or something like did that ever like get on your nerves man i had up? some <laughs> man I, I ordered something something to eat the other day and the guy dropped off my order and uh and he was like yeah you know man you can't steal christmas without your food i'm like oh my oh. god <laughs> i mean i've heard you know it mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i've definitely I've I've heard I've you know all the Grinch jokes over the years. It is what it I'm is. Dead. But have you ever dressed up as the Grinch? That's what the audience wants to know. <laughs> no, no, sir. No, no, no. And and I try and I'm like I'm I've always been like man I don't I don't want to be out here making Christmas songs and all that kind of stuff. But I did make an exception when Vitamin D hit me up mm. and and asked me to get on a song called How to Rob Santa for the Stay High Brothers Christmas Trees album <laughs> with him and Maniac B. And I I had to do that one. Hell yeah. Because I mean. It's vitamin man you know vita calls you to get on the record man come on he's on your new album too born in 86 yeah yeah he produced a track on there and uh did some scratches as well hell yeah, yeah. so yeah. by high school did you know this was something you wanted to take seriously yeah i mean it was something i was like 
I was just, you know, I was just kind of off to the races, just like, mm -hmm. let me, you know, who knows where this will go. So, it's been going good so far. That's That was where I was at. I was like, man, you know, things, it's going good. Mm -hmm. Why not just keep pushing? And when did you first join the Seattle music scene? Because everyone has a story where they maybe were on the outskirts, they're doing stuff in high school, maybe knew about some artists that were part of the scene, but what was what was your introduction to the Seattle music scene? Oh man, um, like one where I felt like like okay, I feel like I'm actually like legit like a part of this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to say at Bumbershoot 2007, okay, when the Blue Scholars performed and. uh and me and Gio had just done this song called Summertime about, you know, summer in Seattle. And uh, they had me come out and perform the song on their set at Bumbershoot. And I was, I, before that, I had never been in front of a crowd that big. Mm. And um, it was just like, you know, some people actually knew who I was when he, when he announced me and brought me out. And I was like, all right, dope. Damn. You know, and then um, and uh, that same night, like there was like, I remember they were running around, you know, finding all the rappers, you know, that everybody knew and all had like a big cypher over North by Northwest at the end of the end of the set. And, uh, it was crazy, man. That was, I feel like that, that's where I really felt like it was like, all right. You know, I've, I've been around already and put out projects, but like, mm -hmm. that was like where I've, where I really feel like, yeah, that, that felt like it was like a moment, mm -hmm. you know? So when you were starting to leave high school and thinking this was something we're going to take seriously, like what are, what were, what were some of like the Seattle artists that were kind of prominent at the time? Uh, Blue Scholars, Common Market, okay. um, you know, Boom Bat Project, uh, Unexpected Arrival, um, 2006. I mean, I don't know. There's always been a lot of guys, but. And was it easy for you to like start working with them and introduce yourself to them? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've really never had like really any problem. <laughs> I've never really had like a lot of difficulty, like, you know, meeting folks and, you know, making music with them. Mm -hmm. Not really. And where was your, where was your first show at? My first show was actually, um, 2000, 2004, January, 2004. So this, so this yeah. is just a couple, actually let's go back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A couple months after that, that battle, mm -hmm. uh, my buddy, Travis, Travis Otteson, he, uh, he was working with the, the Seattle Young People's Project and they were doing like an MLK Day okay. hip hop show at the Vera Project. And so he got me uh he got me on the bill, you know, just to do like a couple songs. Mm -hmm. So that was my first show I ever did. And um I remember I was I was so damn nervous. Mm. Cause like I had never performed any of my like own material, you know, in front of a crowd or anything, but I had a hell of homies from high school show up and all that. It was good. Yeah. But um, I was so nervous. And uh, John Moore, rest in peace, wordsayer, was actually hosting the show that night. And I remember I was just like, I was so nervous, man. And he he chilled me out, and you know, yeah. right before it went on, he's like, man, you're going to do good. It's going to be fine, man. It's going to be fine. And it was. <laughs> so, so how do you go about, like, when you're at your first show, are you just memorizing all the lyrics or are you kind of just worried. rapping along to your lyrics? Or I, was how worried, like? I was worried I was going to forget, forget the, forget the words. Yeah. Cause one of the songs I had just like recorded, like, like a couple of days before, I think. Damn. So I was like, oh man, but it went good. 
it went really it went really good man I'm, I'm glad i can say like my first show experience was like it was really great man for what it was at the time yeah and yeah. It, se it seems like vera still kind of holds that same value of like they really give a lot of artists like their first yeah their first yeah I'll, I'll always have love for the vera project man just it was definitely a uh definitely important mm -hmm. you know so when that that project that you you um sold at school would you count that as your first project or would you it, just it say was, that's a school project yeah i mean i i would say it's, it's at this point i almost classify it more as like a demo than anything because okay. none of the songs were like super mixed or mastered or anything you know it was a lot of like the kind of rough recordings from the studio mm -hmm. and uh about a year after that i put out my first real album at the end of 2005 called this is what i do and like and how old were you at that point i was uh 19 wow i was working on it when i was like 18 19 and um that album actually had like three of the songs that were on the the school project mm. the school project was called the seven deadly sins hell yeah and um so the seven songs i was like oh i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was clever but um yeah so i think the first like album album of mine was uh yeah around like september 2005 uh is when that dropped and do you remember like your mindset with that first album like do you release an album and think i'm about to go on like a worldwide tour or something as soon as i, I didn't this? i didn't really i didn't really know what to expect i was just like wow i actually completed like a full-length album mm -hmm. i was jazzed because when i was a kid like you know thinking like wow you know i all I want is to have my own rap album that I did. And I was like, well, I did that, mm. you know, and I remember <laughs> that, that, that was Bumbershoot 2005. And I remember, uh, I remember Common was performing. Oh, shit. And so they had, so they had, uh, they had like, you know, the line, you could go up and meet him and stuff. And I gave Common an album, you know, I was just, and you know, I'm super young. So I'm like, oh my God, I gave Common an album. Damn. He ain't ever going to listen to that, you know, maybe he did, but I don't know. Maybe um, he inspired him. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, that was, that that bumper shoot was actually the first time I ever met Macklemore too. Oh wow! Because because uh, I, I I had actually heard of him. I'm guessing he was going by Professor Macklemore. No, he 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 had he had just he he had dropped uh, his Language of My World album okay. rather recently around that time, and so yeah, I met him. He was outside of I think the exhibition hall where Blue Scholars I think and Brother Ali and some other guys were performing. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, we just chopped it up and I was just like, you know, I, I just gave him a copy of my album, you know? Mm. And uh, he's like, all right, I'm gonna check this out, you know? Dang. Yeah, so that, that's the first time I met him. <laughs> so he had, because I thought you guys were like around the same, is he older than you? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's probably about maybe three or four years older. Okay. I might, it's something like that. I don't know for sure. So he already had a little bit of buzz before you even started making music. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Do you think he remembers that? Like meeting you at Bumper Shoot? Probably not like in that detail, <laughs> but maybe, you know. Damn, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's super cool. So yeah. like, were festivals like that pretty, because I don't even, like Bumbershoot nowadays, I don't really hear that many, of course it didn't happen this year, right? Yeah. But like. Yeah. It's supposed to be back next year. Hopefully. It was supposed to be back this year even, so if they say next year. Well, they got they got like a new group kind oh, of behind it. it and stuff, but I mean, honestly, man, like, I mean, even just going there, going to Bumbershoot. In, when you know when I was still in high school or I just graduated high school, I remember just you know seeing the hip hop acts there, and then you know I remember '04, like about a year before, like the year before this, I remember it was like Nas and Public Enemy, and mm -hmm. you know the homie Birdie, rest in peace, 
was the opener on the hip hop one on one portion of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember just being like, man, this is dope. You know, I was like, I want to play Bumbershoot one day. Like Bumbershoot was like a genuine like goal of mine when I was right. when I was starting off. Because to me, I mean, I was just like, that seems like where I want to be, you know. Do you think festivals like that still support artists like they did back then? Because it seems well, back, like back back then that was when Bumbershoot was still kind of you you had national acts for sure, mm -hmm. but it was still local acts could really get it popping there too. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, you know, I mean, these festivals still definitely book mm -hmm. book local acts, but I feel like it's I mean, a little bit. But, more but I feel like it's different, and I mean, especially you know, Bumbershoot absolutely became you know a bit more corporate as time went on. You know, once one reel sold it. To AEG and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's what happened. It doesn't have to be that way, though. I guess it just... It's, I, I was about to say that's just what happens with all with all good things that comes to corporate, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's the world we live in, I guess. <laughs> Damn. And then you eventually performed at Bumper Shoot. What year was that? That was 2008. And, okay. Um, yeah, so... so so 05 is when I put out my album. Mm -hmm. 2006, I just went down and was hanging out, watching some of the homies perform. And then 2007 is when went up and rocked with the Blue Scholars. And uh, then the next year, I actually got got the call to, you know, actually mm -hmm. perform at it. And it was, I was so pumped, man. <laughs> and what so. was it like being like associated with the Blue Scholars at the time? With I mean, it was, it was about as good as, you know, the most anyone any any artist you know rap hip hop wise could ask for at the time. Yeah, I mean, like like I love those guys, man. Like like you know me and Geo are you know still real good friends. You know, I mean he's on my new project. You know we're still always you know messing with music. He goes by Prometheus, Prometheus Brown. Prometheus Brown, right? yeah. But back then he was Geology, and I, I'll mm -hmm. always have love for for him and Sabzi and just what those guys you know did. They they really you know they they cultivated um, a community and like a scene that that allowed like guys like myself to thrive, Macklemore mm -hmm. to thrive, the physics to thrive. You know, just a lot of yeah, man. Blue, blue scholars are the shit, man. <laughs> do you do you believe yeah. you're part of that community that helped inspire others though? Do you are you able to like take that compliment and like yeah yeah that? yeah yeah because because I've I've heard that from 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 multiple younger younger artists you know i mean i remember i listened to you when i was in in high school and all this kind of stuff and it's just like man that's that's dope i mean I mean as an art i mean to me i feel like all right i did my job yeah you know like dope mm. you know yeah did, did you ever get or have you have you ever felt like jaded towards the seattle music scene or even maybe the just the music yeah, industry. I mean, I mean, it, I think I think every artist you know deals with stuff like that at times. But at this point, I have literally no complaints or no gripes or anything about a damn thing, man. Hmm. I'm I'm in a real good spot with all of this, man. And I'm just I'm 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 basically at a point now where I'm like, it feels good because I feel like I, you know, I'm like damn this long and landed in a good place. Yeah, you know. Has your has your so has your mindset changed from when you started till now? And do where did you feel like you had a different trajectory, or are you kind of happy? Yeah, yeah. You... I mean, well, I think I think that's that's gonna you know it's inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. It's just growth, you know. You get and, and I mean, you know, my mindset, you know, at thirty six, is not gonna be the same as it was when I was like nineteen or twenty. 
Mm, you know, true. like, like I, I'm still, I'm still always down to create and, you know, make music and all that kind of stuff, but I don't have like these, these rap star aspirations and all this kind of stuff that I might've had when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, cause, but then at the same time, I look back on, you know, a lot of stuff over the years and I'm like, dang, I kind of did check off a lot of stuff on my bucket list though. Right. So. Did you ever feel like there was like a, a blueprint though to like how to become a successful artist in Seattle and maybe eventually leave? Or did you feel like. I feel like every, still... every, everybody's journey is going to be different. Got it. You know, like what, what works for one person is not going to work for the next person. You know, it's kind of like case in point, you know, like, like when, when Macklemore blew up, you know, like I feel like so many people had like, you know, were sitting down, like trying to like plot and plan and how, how they were going to do it like that. And I'm like, that's, that's like a one of one type of situation in my opinion. It, right. I, I don't think that that wasn't going to happen for, for anybody else in that way, at least, mm -hmm. you know, but did anyone expect that? Like when you were coming up, did you ever expect like that to happen to Macklemore? I mean, I thought the dude was a hell of a performer. Yeah. Hell of a performer. Yeah. So, I mean, I, if you were going to ask me, like, if I was like shocked when it happened, no, nah, not really. Right. I mean, it was because, because you started seeing like the momentum build over time. So did, did you feel like with every project and every year that you had momentum as well? Uh, yes and no. Hmm. Yes and no. Because I mean, I, I, I could even look back on some stuff and be like, you know, maybe I didn't capitalize on this the way, the way I maybe could have or should have, or maybe I didn't, you know, but at the same time, I've enjoyed working on every project I've done. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just enjoy making music, man. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at, man. If I'm making the music that I enjoy making and I'm happy with how it sounds, I'm good, man. And if other people like it, great. And that's you a know, win. It's, yeah. Hell pretty yeah. simple, man. <laughs> so how many, how many projects do you have out for like the audience? Oh man. I mean, if we count, if we count all of those, like, like even like the high school demo and all that stuff. I mean, at this point, probably like close to 20. Damn. Something like that between like all the mixtapes and EPs and full lengths and, you know, stuff like that. That's a, that's quite a bit of projects and, but years also. So you, you probably saw the evolution of like how, well not probably, you did see the evolution of like how you went from selling a mixtape from your trunk to going on like music platforms to to eventually getting onto like streaming services and yeah yeah and i mean you know you listen to my music now compared to when i was younger you still you know there's still like you know some constants and stuff and you know it's still very much like me mm -hmm. but i feel like it's just more more refined and sharp mm -hmm. than it's ever been you know I, I feel i feel like i'm making put it like this I, I would say like the peak of like my buzz or whatever hype hoopla, whatever you want to call it was probably like around like 2009, 10, you know, when the Volvo thing my Volvo. popped off and all that. And then like, you know, went on till about, you know, 2012 ish, 2013, you know, around those years, you know, probably like that five year window when things were probably at their peak mm -hmm. to me, at least the way I see it. But I've had, I've been, I, I, I like the music I've made since there so much. I like yeah. the music I'm making now and all that stuff way more than the music I did when I was, you know, buzzing the most. Yeah. You know, so. 
is this the right way or the wrong way to look at it? You're making it. Well, there's no there's no pressure to make it. You're making it because exactly. you genuinely want to make exactly. it. Exactly. And is that that's I, a healthy I have, way to look I have, at it? I have no no ex, no expectations. Nothing with with the music. I'm just like I said, man. As long as I'm happy making making the music I make, man, I'm good. So what yeah. was that? What was that like though? To like see like the transition from mixtapes to to Datpiff and and um, you know Spotify and all, all those platforms and the evolution. It's a trip because Napster. I feel I feel like you know, like earlier on, music was less disposable in mm. a way. You know, you get like a physical copy of the CD. Like when I was young, you know, you'd get like the hard copy of the album. I would sit and study the liner notes. Mm. You know, I'd be like find out who produced each track and all that kind of stuff. Read the thank yous. You know, the, yeah. the good old thank yous on rap albums. You yeah. know, and like, um, and just. You know, it, I, I, you would literally sit with like an album for like, a, you know, six months to a year. You know, mm. you'd be banging that project. And now at this point, I feel like music's so disposable, man. You'll drop something and man, it'll be gone. You know, as far as like people really wow. like paying attention to it or wanting to check it out. But at the same time, it's always out there. Right. So people it's so music is more like accessible than it's ever been but i also feel like it's also more disposable to people than it's ever been wow that's actually a good way to think about it but do you think people hold music to the same value then like the listener some do hmm. some don't i right. mean I, you know like a, like a you know a lot of artists get get popping on tiktok you True. know and like they make like these you know 30 minutes 30 seconds 30 minutes 30 30 <laughs> 30, 30 second songs you know yeah and um just they 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 go viral off that stuff, man. Come on, that's gotta feel like I'm even, si I'm sitting here trying to like you know be like right writing like a full length song, you know, and just, I'm just like, oh man, yeah, I can't I can't do the 30 second TikTok song, man. <laughs> but we just live in like right. like like I feel like society's attention span is just so short these days, man. Well, think about it this way for for me, where I spend like I put so much time and effort into my podcast, yeah, and then I see someone blow up on tiktok for like posting like the stupidest like worst video quality i've ever seen of whatever yeah and it, they go viral like that's i feel like that's like a slap in the face to me with like the amount of hours i hours learned. and content so and like yeah how does that how does that feel for someone who really came from like the mixtape era to like see someone <laughs> twerk and <laughs> drop a 30 second song and the next thing i'm like dang man do i gotta it's time for me to start twerking <laughs> damn <laughs> but no i mean I, it is what it is man you know mm. just i'm not gonna be sitting back being one of them old heads who's grumpy about it <laughs> back <laughs> like, in my day yeah like yeah. yeah i guess that's a good way to look at it you just gotta what is the what is the you just gotta let it slide over you like a duck or something let it roll the, off you roll, roll right roll, off you roll off yep you. yep damn so but then during that mixtape era though like what were people's like marketing plans like was it just to get it to as many people as you can and then how did you convince those people to end up going to shows because now right you could have millions of spotify listeners and that doesn't mean you can pull people out to a concert venue man that's a good point because there's there's really is people who have like millions of spotify listeners who can't put 100 people in a club mm -hmm. it's weird right it's yeah it, it, I, 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 yeah I don't know. Everything just felt, I mean, and granted, you know, I don't, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. 
Hmm. I don't, I, yeah. yeah. So like, huh. Like for me, like, of course there's so many like ups and downs with the podcast and it's like video content. So like I can shape what people see to like, be like, hey, the podcast life is the best life yeah, type yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like every day I have to think of like the next step. But also if, I wonder if you felt that you were in like a thriving hip hop community that it was almost maybe just like destined something to happen maybe. And like you were just following, oh, yeah. you are just following like what's going on and like because yeah. you were a good artist. Well, 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 yeah, because, you know, you, I mean, it was like, Back then, the mentality was, man, nobody's blown up since Sir Mix a lot, mm. and it was just like, it was just a lot of excitement and camaraderie. You know, yeah. like what I mentioned earlier, you know, and just it just felt like everybody was just excited to be a part of, you know, this local music scene that felt like it was, you know, bubbling on yeah. multiple levels. And uh, there's so many talented acts now, but I, I don't feel like it has that same same feeling. Does not at all. Even now, you know? Um, yeah. Which is a shame, but, you know, it's it, it, it's how it goes. But maybe that's, we traded, like, um, we traded these streams and that monetization from getting that audience. Because you guys really were able to pull people. Yeah. And there's so many people yeah. in Seattle that have yeah. no idea how to pull people. And that's what I say I, about I can the, sit, I can legit be, like, look back and be like... I've sold out this venue, yeah. packed this house out, you know, all this kind of stuff. Had, you know, a lot of folks come to see me. Or like, no shade to any of my friends who can relate to this, but like, I have friends that make beautiful music, but they could not go up to a random person and be like, hey, check this out. They're like, mm -hmm. I have social anxiety. I can't go up and actually market myself yeah, yeah. to I mean, someone. There's, I mean, there's, nothing there's, nothing wrong with no, anxiety. Yeah, there's nothing wrong but, with that. Because like, to be honest, I was never that good at that either. Hmm. Honestly, I really wasn't out there like pushing my CD that much. Hmm. Um, for better or for worse, based on you know how things were at the time, probably could have done it more. But I, I honestly, I always felt kind of awkward. Right. Hey, what's up, man? You like hip hop? Check out my music. <laughs> it's like you open up a like you're wearing one of those trench, <laughs> one coats. Of the trench coats. Hey, man, <laughs> just, got, just got your whole discography inside one. One side. Oh no. The prices on the other one. Uh, oh my oh, gosh! Oh man! <laughs> but that is such a weird. Who was who? Who did I just have on? Travis. So Travis was saying that like this, Macklemore and Little Mosey from Seattle, or even maybe even Sir Mixlaw. Those are just three like anom anomalies. Is that the right word? Anomalies. Like they they're just, so like, different, and like you you just can't track it, and like it's just so like you. It's a weird thing where like you really do have to have a plan if you want to be in media, but at the same time, it's you see things like that happen and you're yeah. like, "What the fuck? Just can, can can I just do that?" What I, what I, what I will say about about like all of them though is, regardless if you like the music or regardless however you feel about them, whatever, each one of them did the best version of them that they possibly could. Yeah. They, 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 they all, they all have like, you know, their own little unique thing going on mm. in my opinion. No, a hundred percent. So that's why, that's why, um, you still see that up like North towards like the Everett area of like up and coming artists. A lot of them try to sound like little Mosey. Like mm. they are so 
themselves that trying try, try try trying trying to emulate they try to emulate yeah, those guys yeah 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 that's a, that's an interesting interesting point huh so like in the early 2000s was sir mixlot like around the community was he has has he, has he always been like a community member or yeah i mean he's always kind of you know been around i i i the first encounter i ever had with him was at uh the Jake One home music video shoot. Okay. And uh, they did the bit, you know, at the start of the video where Mix pulls up to Dick's on Broadway in his orange Lambo mm. and, like, you know, drops the 20 on the ground or whatever and Vitamin D picks it up. That was the first time I ever, like, encountered, like, Mix in person. Um, but we didn't even... I was just watching him film this whole thing. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been around mm-hmm. for sure. Damn. For sure. That's so crazy because even like the music videos from that era, like even my Volvo, like Macklemore is in that. Yeah, like, yeah. Just to, just that, how do you get that community back? Or like how do you inspire people to want that type of community? Because like, like I'm saying, like even if you do form like a, a a solid Seattle music scene where I don't know if this was as common in the early 2000s or even the 90s, where like hip hop artists are really close with like band members mm-hmm. or like comedians are close with hip hop artists or in pop artists and all that. Like a lot yeah. of the genres know each other at least. So maybe you're starting to see um, that barrier dissolve. Yeah. But then like some crossover between yeah. genres. Yeah. Yeah. But then even if we solve that, because there is an issue also though that a lot of these shows artists artists go into each other's shows and then yeah. people aren't paying for tickets so like you're not even making money off the show yeah so that's- well, i mean i mean that, that you know that that's one thing that i always get a kick out of right like rappers especially they're like man everybody's a bunch of haters man they're they're, they're don't nobody support and it's like I, I i understand the whole like you know you want your peers and your and your other you know music folks to like support stuff but it's like Dude, why do you want to stand up and just rap for a bunch of rappers? Man. Like <laughs> Man, you're 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 just looking at it all wrong, man. 100%. <laughs> you know, like like get get some actual fans, real fans. Cuz they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there, <laughs> you know. How did you how did you get fans though? Like it it was it does not just it's not just from you like being surrounded by like Blue scholars, like I bet when we drop this, your fans are going to come out of the woodwork to like want to check this out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, like the, the amount of people that I would have that would not have expected to even know who you are mm-hmm. are like excited for this one to come out. Mm. So that's dope, man. That's, yeah, that's what's up, man? So, but how did so how? What is the d- difference? Like, how did you or anyone in that era? How are they able to actually make an audience want to come out? Cause that's something that this era is missing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I really like, really, man. Like, all, like all I've done is just I've done me hmm. the whole time, and things just happen. You know, I, I I've just made the made the best music I possibly can, stayed true to myself. Hmm. I'm glad I can look back on my entire discography. You know, I've got some songs where I'm like, you know, just not not like not like, oh, it sucks, but I'm just kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. Everybody has that stuff. You don't have a Christmas album though. So that's I'm not it. gonna do a Christmas <laughs> album, but uh, but I mean, you know, I look back and I'm like, yeah, that's that's me, mm. you know. And I think people people pick up on that. People will always pick up on 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 you if you're authentic. Mm-hmm. It's you know the whole thing, you know, it's, you know, it's not on me, it's in me type mm-hmm. thing, you know. And people people can tell. 
Yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good point. Maybe working on. And I'm not saying like 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 artists aren't being real or anything like that. But there is something but, to that too. At least there's a little bit of that. But it's just I don't know. Just tap. You just got to tap into like the best possible version of yourself, mm. and just go hard as fuck with that, because mm. people will notice. And do do you stay? Or try to stay tapped into like what's going on musically in Seattle nowadays. I try to. I mean, I you know I I'm not as tapped in as I probably could or should be, hmm. but you know I definitely I definitely see, you know, I mean there's there's just always been so much talent out here, hmm. but you know it's just make the music because you enjoy making the music. Hmm. You know, don't don't just have. I've, I've seen so many people come and go over the years and just kind of. You know, was, was your heart really in this for the right reasons? Right. You know, and at the same time, some people just kind of, you know, everyone gets older, grows out of it, get families, things like that. It doesn't mean that they weren't real about the music when they were doing or anything like that. You know, life happens. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, just, I don't know, just do you. What's it's simple. And when I say like, do you, it's, it's so simple, hmm. but it's also not for everybody in ways you know hmm. as far as i've seen do you do you feel like your rap self is your true self or do yeah. you feel like you know because some people it, it, it's almost like in, 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 sorry to cut you off no worries <laughs> yeah but but i feel i feel like every rapper to an extent kind of has like some kind of you know little ego and stuff yeah. like that you know and uh it's almost like it's almost like 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 some pro wrestlers mm -hmm. you know it's almost like uh in some of them you know that's them but just with the just with the volume turned up a little bit, like The Rock. Yeah, The Rock, Stone Cold, all them guys <laughs> for sure, for sure. I feel that. Yeah. So, so you said like 2009, 2012. That's where you truly felt like the most you in your music, or no, 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 no. Like I felt like the... that was when I was like probably like the most buzz and you know. Got it. I guess you know the most popping. I guess you could say. So when did yeah. you start feeling like the most you when releasing music? Because you know at first. Even me, oh my God, even my first podcast, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, 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 this is, D I went by DJ Blake. Okay. I was like, I wasn't a, I wasn't a DJ. Yeah. I was like, yo, 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 this is DJ Blake and you're listening to the hottest hip hop news and sneaker talk podcast. You know, it sounded, that was not me. You know, I'm still trying to figure out me, of course, yeah. I'm young, yeah. but like as an artist, you, you know, you at first you probably want to prove something to your your friends and yeah. whoever. So for you, when did you start feeling like this is this truly like represents? Where, 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 um, I would say I feel like I kind of had it dialed in by even by uh probably like around the time of my second album, okay. my second wind. Hmm. Yeah, two thousand eight. And but, but 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 I feel like it's just <laughs> it's been just refined since then. Right. But even by then, I was pretty comfortable, and I was kind of like, okay, I. Yeah, th this is Grinch. Dope. Yeah. And did you have, were people when you were coming up good at like checking each other? <laughs> like being like, this is good or this is bad? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who just love having yes men around them though at the yeah. same time, you know? Like, I've had own, my own my own homies who sometimes been like, oh, I'm not really feeling that, man, this kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, maybe I'll go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. or, I'll, or I'll just be like, oh, well, I like it. So mm -hmm. I'm just rolling with it. You Hell know? yeah. But, you know, 
there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, some people just love to have yes men around them. You and, know? and was there ever a point in like your career where you were able to solely focus on music? Like, was there ever a point where you shifted away from having like a day job and solely do music and perform shows or? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would say it would probably around that time, you know, 09 to like 2012, 2013, you know. And then how, how would you make like for artists now, what is some advice on like how to, to do that? Like, when did you know that it was time that you were able to like solely focus on music? Was it just booking more shows or is it? making you knew that as soon as you dropped the project you, 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 you could just you could just kind of feel it you could feel just like momentum and stuff and you're like you know might as well try to strike while the iron's hot mm. type thing you know so and did you ever have like any like conversations like record deals or anything like that yes yeah yeah there was a, there was a, there was a couple couple situations but nothing ever really like panned out mm. yeah from like their side or your side knowing it wasn't a good fit or what uh it's kind of both. Mm. Mm -hmm. What is some like advice for people that would like? Because a lot of artists. And, and, are and, real eager. quick, like 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 this 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 was back when like you know you felt like a, you really needed a label. This was before right. like you know the the independent artist thing really kind of became more well accepted. You know. But you check out check out the Travis Thompson interview. He has a whole like we talk about for twenty or thirty minutes like the difference between being independent and independent. Because there's being independent and truly like not even having a publishing deal. That's hella true. And then there's independent with having a publishing deal. So I, I still feel like um, record label stories are still important for like people to hear. So like for for you, for example, you know, like bu buzz is buzz. Yeah. So for you, what would your be advice be to people who are thinking about maybe jumping into a record deal? And maybe they might even know it's not a good record deal, but they feel like that's that they feel like it might give them like the boost that they need to maybe level out in like a better situ position or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Get a lawyer. <laughs> make 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 sure the paper works right. <laughs> that's about all I could really say, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just make make sure you don't you don't put yourself in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen like any Seattle artists like jump into any like shitty deals before? Man, not off top that I can think of, really. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty solid. A lot yeah. of us Seattle people got our heads on. I'm sure there's somewhere. been that, but I, I I can't think of stuff off top. Right. No. So so after <clears throat> the momentum of my Volvo. Also, what was it? What was it like dropping like my Volvo? Like that is like still anthems for some people. <laughs> so that song, I um, it's funny. Because that 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 song is, I mean, you know, I was I had a little buzz before that and stuff, but that that song, like, when, especially when I dropped the video, it went viral, mm -hmm. and it just took on a life of its own. And to this day, you know, to a lot of folks, I'm still I'm I'm always gonna be the my Volvo guy. Mm -hmm. You know, it is it is what it is. You know, yeah. I used to be like, man, I got way better songs than that though. You know, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just at this point, I'm just happy I even have one that you know, cracked off like that. Yeah, it's cool with me. And like, um. Cause I've been driving that car, you know, since I pretty much got my license. And, uh, it's funny. Cause like, I have like this vivid memory of being at, like, I was hanging out with my friend, Mary Jane and we were driving and I was stopped like right at the corner of a uh, eighth and market in Ballard. Mm. And she was just, she said something like, like, you know, you should, you should write a song about this car someday. 
he wrote a song about this car, you know, because it was just, you know, me driving the driving the old school Volvo around. Yeah. And I was like, eh, maybe, you know. But I remember her saying that. And uh, that was probably like 06, maybe 07. You know, this is a little while before I even, you know, did this song. Hmm. And um, and then I think on the Kanye West graduation album, he I'm listening to and he has the line where he's like, tank on empty, whipping my mama ball. I was like, oh, man, I'm a... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting this together, man, and that that's where it went from there. And then um, later on, ended up doing the video for uh, for that song with Stephen Gray, and put it out, and it just went nuts, man. That's got to be like one of the top like PNW videos ever. Like that is the most. Pacific Northwest video you could ever <laughs> ever watch. I mean, I yeah yeah. I, I remember putting it out and just like it like genuinely went like organically viral. Like there was nothing. I, I literally just put it up. Damn. And like hell of Volvo owners and I mean it, it, it's like that cult cult following. You know what I mean? And then they they just it it just took on a life of its own, man. And yeah. Yeah. So what happened to Glad that? Glad I got that one. What <laughs> happened to that Volvo? How long did you have it after that? I still have it. Oh, you still have it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it's got a couple little problems, but it, it'll be back. Yeah. Dang. From 1986, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What the? Okay, that's Man, that's Volvos insane. are tanks, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yep. That's wild. So how I how I listened to your your new project was I listened to my Volvo, and then- I pressed the, the album, right? And, yeah. And you're like, born in 86. And then the first song yeah. is born in 86. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, that, that's, that, a... that's what it's from is, you know, my, uh, you know, the, the line from... I caught from on my to Bobo. that. And uh, I, was in, I was in the studio with my guy D-Sane, who I recorded the project with. And like, I told him the idea and I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, just go in there and say it. Man, we got to dig out the old, the old files from from the my volvo session from back in the day and actually use that audio so yeah you know d dug in the archives we got it out and put it on the song and Damn. that's actually that's the actual you know the vocals from <laughs> from my volvo from back in the day so and that's the only way you can listen to the project my volvo and then listen to born in 86 or you can no, or, i mean <laughs> listen to everything else please as well <laughs> so what was that like they like performing that song like like in concert that must have been wild i've had some wild times performing that <laughs> um one that comes to mind is like when i put out my street lights album in 2014 and for the release party i sold out the crocodile and like all the homies were there and like i didn't know they were about to come out on stage mm-hmm. for that and like i'm just performing all of a sudden all the homies rushed the stage and the place was just going ape shit. Damn. Same thing happened when I did when I when I had the perspective release party at at Numo's like about a couple years before that. Like, yeah, yeah, I performed that song a lot and had some wild times in the midst of it, man. Damn. <laughs> so that's it's so true that like people are like the thing that is gonna go is the thing you're not gonna expect to like hit. When no, it comes to songs. You, you know what's funny is uh, Stefan. Stephen Gray, who did the video, he, um, we were going to do a video for a different song on mm. the chemistry project that that was on. Um, we were going to do a video for a song on there called Time. And Stefan was like, man, I think we should do it for the Volvo song. And I was like, 
I don't know, man. I mean, part of me was like, oh, man, is this, I don't know. I, I really, I kind of, I was just for some reason had like this idea of like, I want to make this kind of, you know, deeper introspective type video, you know, but yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Damn. <laughs> I, and, I, and I remember uh, my boy Jihad, who he, he actually made some some beats on, on that high school project. Mm-hmm. I remember I was driving with him one day and... um <clears throat> and I played him the song and he was like, he's like, man, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be the one for you. And I was like, you think? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. He was right. So, I mean, and, you know. Damn. Yeah. Like I said, I'm glad I had one that cracked off like that. At least, man, I'll take it. <laughs> Wait, do you, have you named your car? What's your car's name? I don't got a name. You don't have a name? No, I don't have a name. 1986. You don't have a name? No, nah, no, I don't have a name for the car. <laughs> no. Nope. That's kind of wild. What? Okay. Sorry, man. That's funny as fuck. Maybe, maybe I'll start like a <laughs> like a like a thing like a contest to name 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 Grinch's Volvo. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Never that know. That could be good. We'll see. <laughs> Holy shit! Damn. So yeah. So when did you start seeing yourself start to plateau? Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe probably probably right around like I don't. I wouldn't even really say plateau. Okay. I'm the worst of the words. <laughs> I would just say maybe like somewhat inconsistent. Okay. I, I, it's, it's funny because I feel like I've been like super, in, super consistent in a lot of ways. But like I said, maybe didn't go hard in the paint enough for, for a project like I should have or, mm. you know, wanted to move on to the next one and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, you know, I've had I've had fun working on every single project I've done. So I don't know. I wouldn't even really say like plateaued as much as just kind of i've just been comfortable just mm-hmm. just making the music just to make it mm-hmm. you know because over time you know like i said i just started like checking off the yeah the bucket list more and more you know so when did how about this then when did how so rap has like always been your life it seems like so when did you start like doing things like outside of like rap like like what are your like what like what are your hobbies now? Well, I was really good at drinking for a long time, <laughs> uh, and now that I haven't been drinking for about you know a little over two and a half years, hey like, hell yeah man, congrats! I'm just, hey, I appreciate it. There man. we go. Yeah, I mean I'm just uh, man, I, you know, watch movies, video games, you know. Yeah, you're a video you know, game guy. Here and there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm borderline addicted to MLB the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been I've been I've been fucking with the uh, the Ninja Turtles Cowboy Cowabunga collection that just dropped. Oh shit! It has every one of the Ninja Turtle games from back in the day on it. Like oh the, damn! Like the old Super Nintendo Genesis, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. Kind of a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is the What is the biggest thing you nerd out about besides hip hop? Because that'd be an easy, easy one. Uh, probably you know professional wrestling. Okay. I'm going to SmackDown tomorrow. Oh, shoot. At Climate Pledge, yep. <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't even know that was yep. coming on. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yep. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard it from some of the cast members. Fuck, I hope this isn't. I don't think this is top secret. But, so, you know, The Rock, he has his show, Young Rock. Young Rock, yep. From my understanding, it, it leads up to him, like, running for president. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard from like mm. some of the cast members, but I don't know if 
that's wrong or not? It, 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 I mean, well, well, I think I think it might in the show. I hope he doesn't actually run for president in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no more celebrity no, presidents. No, no, please no. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah. does hip hop and WWE like go? Hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of parallels with with rap and, and wrestling. Mm, break that down for me, because I I'm unfortunately I mean, not I, mean, a huge... I mean you know just the competitive nature. I don't know the sense of humor and stuff. I mean there's a lot of rest like rappers who are big wrestling fans. Oh, true, true, true. Like, a lot of them. Like, yeah. Do you listen to, like West Side Gun at all? Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's. He, a I know he loves it. I know. I know he loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of rappers for whatever reason are into like anime too mm. <laughs> see i never really got i never really got super into anime yeah i remember seeing like akira mm-hmm. when i was like younger but I, I never really got like super into anime yeah i get it though hey man yeah people dig it yeah Why I, not? I wish i knew more about wrestling though because it seems like that's like people are like diehard wrestlers and it's been like a gen like it's like a thing that like people have grown up with and are yeah. still like attached yeah. to yeah and there's, I mean, I grew up really, I mean, I, you know, I saw it growing up, like when I was really young, you know, with like Hulk Hogan and mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, all that. But like, like I was right in the middle of middle school during like, you know, when The Rock and Stone Cold were like at their prime and just got to like really just live during the time, you know, when WCW and WWE were yeah. going head to head on Monday nights and all that kind of stuff. So it's just... Yeah. Does this, like, how does it, does this have the same impact now? Or, like, what is it? Because I know, like, the Logan. I don't, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's, it's still insanely popular mm-hmm. around the world. But it's not like the, you know, um, it's not part of, like, the, the current zeitgeist, I guess you could say, where it's just, like, this cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. right now. Because that stuff, it was just on a different level back then. Yeah. Yeah. I know Jake. Paul or Logan Paul, I don't know which one. They were just they just did like an appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV. Uh yeah, Logan Paul was wrestling. Yeah. He was actually all right for like, you know, I mean really? I'll always dig it if like if like a celebrity gets into the wrestling thing and it actually like gives a fuck and like yeah. gives it their all. Like, you know who did that was Bad Bunny. Oh, really? Man. He went hard in the paint. Yeah, he came in, had a match, and it was it was some good shit. Damn. Wait, <laughs> yeah. so how does that how does wwe work when they're on tour is it just like a two like a duo that's fighting or is it like a whole roster of people that are going up or how does that work i mean right now they got it like split into like the raw brand and the smackdown brand and then they got like nxt okay as well and i mean they all just just tour around so like who's who's like who's coming to seattle and like um, do you know who the lineup is like are people excited for the, i don't know the off top the exact the exact lineup i know uh this dude braun Strowman who was around for a while and then he got fired but now that Vince McMahon's out, he got okay. rehired. Hell yeah. So I know he's going to be there tomorrow. That'll be dope. I always thought he was cool. Um, I don't know if Roman Reigns is going to be there tomorrow. It's The Rock's cousin. He's like the champ right now. Okay. Um, and apparently they're like, at some point, they want to build towards like The Rock and Roman Reigns having Ooh. a match. So, yeah, I think it'd be dope. Wait, so <laughs> how does that, how do you... I know this is just gonna ruin it by saying I know it's kind of acted or whatever. So yeah. Oh how, yeah. So how do you, how do they decide who's gonna like win? I mean, it's basically a soap opera, man. Right. You know, they just they just plot it out what would be best for the storylines and all that kind of stuff. So it's but it also probably depends on like 
who the audience is most like attracted to or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes they won't. Sometimes they won't give the audience what they want. You know, oh, they'll borderline shit. like troll the audience. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. So dang. Yep. And like to me, like the behind the scenes stuff with wrestling is like crazy fascinating too. Mm -hmm. Just like the, like the real life beefs that go on behind the scenes and stuff. That's like it kind of bleeds over into like the storyline sometimes. And you know, I'm not one of those guys who's sitting there like you know like there's this video that went viral of this guy sitting there crying talking about wrestling. Is this still real to me? Damn it! <laughs> like, but like there's 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 reality that kind of you know bleeds in and out of stuff at times in wrestling. You know, hell yeah. Are you into like Star Wars or like Star Trek or anything like that at all? Star Wars is dope. Yeah. I've never been real big into Star Trek. Although I, although, although I did, I'm, uh, I saw a documentary Trekkies. I haven't seen it. Oh. It's fire. It's fire. Okay. It's about like these diehard, uh, these diehard Star Trek fans and they like go around and hang out with them at these conventions and stuff. It came out in like the late nineties, I think. Okay. I remember seeing it in middle school. I think my homie Ben hooked me up with it, told me all about it and I checked it out and was like, man, this is fascinating yeah um but yeah i'm, I'm definitely way more of a star wars guy than yeah same here than, than yeah, star I, trek I, I never really got into i guess the new movies are pretty cool though mm, yeah i haven't like seen with them the chris with the chris prime you haven't I, seen I haven't seen them oh no. shit i think Sluffing. they're pretty they're Sluffing. pretty good because like i don't know i didn't like since since disney has like taken over star wars i haven't liked star wars really mm. as much i've checked out all this stuff i thought obi-wan kenobi was all right it was all i was i didn't love it but yeah but there was a lot of uh, there was a lot i feel like it wasn't perfect but i still feel like there was a lot to like in it man yeah i don't know yeah i thought it was cool yeah that's a good point i was i will say i'm happy i watched it mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be like like my favorite star wars movie is actually Rogue One. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I, I got, I got, I got. I know a few folks who like really loved Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was great. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it was kind of like, especially if you like go in, because I, you can, you can. That's one of those movies you can watch with people who don't even know anything about Star Wars. Almost, it's just like it's almost like a standalone mo yeah. movie. Yeah, but it's also kind of like a prequel. Yeah, and like, ah, I don't, it's been out for a while, so I'm just gonna say it. So like, especially if you don't know anything about Star Wars you're really rooting for the characters and you have no idea what's going to happen at the end. Right. Right. But right. if you're like a true Star Wars fan, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's kind of a dark ending. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to actually rewatch that again. Yeah. Too. That was See, good. I might do it now too. Cause I haven't seen Rogue One in <laughs> a few years now. So yeah, that was a fucking good. End. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So you, you dropped, you dropped this new album born, born in 86. Yeah. And, uh, what what was the what was the reasonings behind it? Like were you just you're just ready? Like do you have like a every few years do you drop a project or like what inspired whenever, whenever you? Whenever I'm really feeling it. I mean, I've done. I mean, I mean since you know because I did the Street Lights album, but I also mm. I've done projects in, before you know Born in '86. Like I did, um, you know, I had an EP called On a Good One mm. that was produced uh, entirely by uh, Anthony Danza. Oh yeah, I still need to meet that guy. That guy's dope. he's on your project. Yeah, too. yeah, that's my guy. You should have him on. Yeah, dude, yeah. he's dope. Great dude, great dude. Um. I did the the side project, uh, the group project called Greater Than, with me and Fierceville from Dime Def, but yeah. uh, and Greaves produced the whole record. Yeah, is that you guys are that's still you guys are still like a group, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're I mean we're kind of like inactive, okay. But ain't no beefs or nothing. We're, yeah, yeah. I love them guys. That's dope. And yeah, then yeah. I got then I did like the the gas uh, GAS, which stood for gallons and smoke. It was me. Um, my guy Jesus Spades and my boy Stefo, who I've known since middle school, mm -hmm. just kind of on some g-funk type stuff mm -hmm. so we, we we got a new ep coming out hey so, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so you know I, i've done like you know i've been i've, I've had projects drop uh you know since like street lights you mm-hmm. know back in 2014 um but this is my first like solo album in some time was it like scary at all or no nah, pretty much just felt like you know most other projects yeah. i mean i i uh because i've been sick because over 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 like the pandemic because I, I was working on this project you know before the pandemic a little bit mm. i was already getting kind of gearing up to start knocking out the album and the pandemic happened and i was just like well it's mm. gonna get interesting and just kind of you know over the pandemic i started you know i was working on this album and i also put out the anthology project which mm-hmm. basically like a lost tapes album because mm-hmm. um, i went through a whole bunch found out some old hard drives went back and got unreleased songs from old projects that never came out and just you know, put them out as a project. Um, and just, you know, I stayed, I stayed, I stayed decently busy yeah. over the pandemic. So I was kind of glad I kind of, once things kind of started getting, you know, somewhat back to normal, I kind of had something to show for it. Yeah. <laughs> so. And what's your, what's your process like, like when you're deciding that you're about to go back into the studio? Like, do you, are you only writing in the studio or do you write when you're at your home or? I've never been a big, I've never been a big write in the studio guy. Okay. I like going in the studio with all my stuff pretty much ready to roll and just knocking it out Mm -hmm. um and i've never i've also kind of never really gotten in like i don't really get in like these crazy like okay i'm in album mode i'm just kind of i'm always kind of on in a way where i'm just kind of always tinkering with something here and there Mm -hmm. and then you know once i'm start being like okay well this could turn into a project you know it just kind of organically does right so so and then when you do songs with when you collab with people are you guys like always in the studio together or do you ever have people just like send you some, something some, sometimes you know people people send stuff it's, it's both mm-hmm. it's both it's always dope to you know be in the studio with with uh with the artist but hey yeah you know if it <laughs> they can just send it it's a lot easier you know why not you know especially if they're out of town or live far away or something like that. What about the what about the, like the the um the song with Daz and Cocaine? Were you guys all in the studio together? How is how uh, that? Work? So the song with Daz and Cocaine. Here's the story behind that. Hell one. yeah. So, um, my guy Boombox Massacre. Uh, that song was actually off of his production album, hmm. which he put out a few years back. But it's finally just now about to be on the streaming services. Um. But uh, he had gotten Daz on that song, and uh, and then I knew Cocaine, and so I got help get Cocaine on the song, and we recorded. We actually recorded uh, Cocaine's part over at Greaves' studio. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah, and um, me and Jesus, Jesus is in in Gas with me, me and Steffo, and uh, just knocked out our verses, and that's how that one came together. So like we were there with Cocaine, but Daz had already just sent his stuff. Yeah, so. Cocaine's a cool dude, and he's he's he's, he's a, a legend, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's he's, a guy he's who's always who's been who's nice he, to me. Seen a lot, man. Oh, you know? yeah, he has seen a lot, and he knows a lot of people too. It's yeah. just yeah. That, that's the com- camaraderie that we're missing. Yeah, legend, man. I mean, just even getting to work work with him was was dope. Mm-hmm. You know, like my guy, my guy Red Dog, kind of you know linked us up mm-hmm. two years back because Cocaine and me linked up. Uh, and did a song called "On a Good One" on um, on uh, the Streetlights album. Mm-hmm. Anthony Danza actually did the beat, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's been cool ever since, man. Hell yeah, yeah, good dude. And have you, have you ever dabbled in like producing it at all? <clears throat> I've tinkered with a couple beats, yeah, but 
who knows? Maybe, maybe y'all, maybe y'all, I'll have to hit up some of my producer homies and be like, all right, man, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point. I really want to see what's up with making beats. <laughs> Beat tape coming soon. Yeah, Grinch. Probably not. <laughs> but Damn. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that, I, that you haven't like, I feel like you haven't like given like a meaning to the name Grinch though. You know what I mean? I feel like I, sometimes people's names don't mean much, but I feel like over like a few decades it would, it would kind of mean something after a while. I don't know. No? I don't know. Huh? I don't know. My boy T calls me Brother Grinch Hung. But, oh, <laughs> dude, I would, I would die to have, I was, dude, they said yes. Brother Lynch said yes to coming on the podcast and then he ghosted me. Oh, man. He ghosted me. I'm saying that now to the camera. Lynch, you got to get on here. <sighs> I don't know if you'll see this, but. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> Come talk to my guy. <laughs> I randomly came across his mu- music when I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. So I was like, what, 12 or something mm. listening to <laughs> horrorcore music? Yeah. I, no, 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 no. I was about the same age. I, I got hit to, to Lynch in um in sixth grade. I was, there was this kid who I was in art class with. I was like, you ever heard of Brother Lynch? I'm like. <laughs> Nah, and he put me onto the season of the sickness stuff, yes. and then, and then he had a song called "That's What I Said" off of. Uh, it was on his Loaded album, but I hadn't heard that album yet. But I had the the Master P, the West Coast Bad Boys Two compilation, mm-hmm. and that's what I said was on it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "Man, this is fire!" <laughs> Have you checked his like Manable Lecter albums out? Yeah, yeah, the stuff on Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. those honestly, those are. I like my brother, another legend, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's dope, man. He's dope. Yeah, it's kind of it's cool how a lot of like the I guess we're in we're kind of on the West Coast. I guess do we Seattle does that count as yeah? West? So yeah, like top of the West, man. Yeah, so like it's it's cool to though to see like how California kind of bleeds into Seattle yeah. a little bit. A lot, a lot know? of them guys are, are are up here a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. cocaine's a perfect example. Yeah, he yeah. lives up here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's wildness. Yeah. So so what what's what's next for you? Like, do you are you are there any like concerts coming up? I know you didn't you just get put on a, a KXP playlist or something. Uh yeah they, they 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 added the album to the you know pretty much the rotation so got got that over there hell and, yeah uh, yeah I mean I'll um I actually just got added to uh, the sugar free show at Nectar oh, on shoot. on Sunday night um I'm just doing like a short set at that but it'll be good dude I want to come to that yeah. what the heck hell yeah yeah, yeah. so I, he's another one I yeah lo- I love sugar free and um but I'll but I'm probably gonna do like a like a headlining show kind of something like to kind of commemorate this album at some point you know before it gets too too far out well yeah. when you do it i want to i want to come no you already know Hell yeah <laughs> yeah i like the album thanks I like man. It. have you have you been getting pretty good reception about it yeah i mean you know that 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 album is um it's been really good really good feedback um and like every every one of the features on there is like they mean something to me mm-hmm. you know these are people that like I hold in like a super high regard, you know, from, you know, doing a record with Mix a lot was just, you know, being from Seattle. I mean, I've known Mix for, for years at this point, but just, you know, that he would even be down to, you know, bless a track with me was just, that, that meant the world to me. Paper Route? Yeah. Is that your guy? So that's your first song together with him? Yeah. Wow. Yep. 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 Really? There was some, that was good chemistry that I literally felt like yeah, he, you guys he, had been. He's, I mean... I've I've been in the studio with him before that, but that was not even hit. I actually uh, I had a song on my Streetlights album called Paradise, and Aaron Jones played guitar on it. Oh shit! And so we went over to Mix's house to track 
Aaron's guitar parts. That's legendary. And so that was that was a good day too, man. And I mean, you know, the Boom Bap Project is on there. You know, Northwest Hip Hop OGs just it was great to knock out a cut with them. You know, um, Latoya Williams, mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in my life. You mm -hmm. know, having her on the record was great. Um, you know, the song with Badass, like he. We did that a couple months before he he passed, you know, mm -hmm. and I was just I was bummed that you know, because we I think we wanted to do a video for that one at some point, you know, get him up here or something, and then he passed. And damn, do you think that's like one of his last features? Then probably was one of them. Wow. Yeah, we did that like right about like a month and a half before before he passed. Wow. So he's another one. I mean, I've I've been a fan of his ever since I heard him, you know, with Snoop and them when I was a kid, yeah. you know, and then on the he's on the Machiavelli album with Pac and just. You know, hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy to, you know, even be able to be on songs with these, you know, it's not even like getting these features. Cause I feel like this is going to get it popping. Like, like I just have so much re reverence for these artists that it's just dope to, you know, make, even make music with them. You, you telling stories about like your come up and still being happy that you're, you're making music. I feel like that's inspiring. And also just, well, I've got stories for that. We, we can come back and do this again. How about, how about I feel this? like we haven't even scratched the surface about some things. Not even close. <laughs> what is a what's your what's your craziest Macklemore story? Man, the I don't know if it's necessarily like crazy, but I was just about to. I was on like this time crunch for my second win, my album, mm -hmm. and he. Uh, and he was supposed to do a verse on it. And he got me the verse for the song, If Only, like the night I was about to take it to mastering. Mm. And like, cause I was, cause I had to get it sent out like right away, you know, cause I, I had already had my release party. I was not planning ahead. You know what I mean? I had to get these CDs pressed up and get them back in time for the, for the release party. It was about a month out. And yeah, he got, he got me the, got me the verse like, like the night I was taking it out to my guy D saying to get it mastered. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Procrastinator. Yeah. But he came through. Hell yeah. He came through. Um, yeah. I can't really think of any like crazy ass stories. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> he's left me some funny voicemails at times. I don't know. Man, just yeah. <laughs> do you, what do you have any, like who is someone outside of Seattle that like, you were a fan of and then like you finally met like what's what's like the craziest story of like a fan moment and you actually met, ended up meeting that artist uh well i would say warren g okay for sure for sure um we met <laughs> this, this this is crazy like uh back in like 2009 because when i was a kid like the regulate album mm -hmm. like i had that on cassette when I was a kid and that was one of like the albums that really got me into into hip hop. And um this is like two thousand nine, something like that. Warren was on Twitter and he was like, you know, hey, I'm looking to work with new artists, you know, if send send music here if you wanna, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna check it out. And I just sent him like, you know, two, three songs. It's like, what do I got to lose? And then uh I was just like not expecting to hear anything back. Then I just get like an email back later that night. And it's like, hey, this is Warren. I like your style. Call me. Damn. And I was like, what the fuck? So, and then 
we've been cool ever since, man. He's, you know, that gen, that that guy's definitely one of my like, you know, yeah. big inspirations and like childhood heroes and stuff, you know, and like this great dude, man. Another legend who's like responsible for a lot mm-hmm. in just not West Coast, but just hip hop period, you know. Hell yeah. Just, you know, without him, you know, who knows where where Snoop Dogg would be and stuff like that. You 100%. Know? So. Regulators. Yep. So. <clears throat> yeah, just definitely, definitely how just randomly just met him on some just organic. Damn. Or organic shit, you know, just was like, all right, I'll send you my shit. And he was fucking with him. It's been cool ever since. You know, we did the, the tribute to Nate with, with Wands and Critical. And, Shout out Wands. I love yeah, you, Wands. Yeah, my guy Wands. My guy Critical. That song was dope to me too, because I almost got to knock out like three birds with one stone. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> with, 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 with that one, because like me and Juan's got to do a song together. Me and Warren did the song together. And then Critical was on there. And Critical, Critical is my guy. And he he dropped the album back in 2005. One of my favorite Seattle rap records ever. It's called Critical Condition. Hmm. And um, yeah, that was just a that was just a good experience, man. Just getting to go, you know, do the video and all everything, man. It was just, it was just dope. Yeah, you've, you've honestly had a, a very inspiring, crazy career, man. Seriously, like, you, you, like I said, you, I feel you, like I feel like I'm Forrest Gump sometimes. Yeah, that's why I said it on on the on the on <laughs> one of the songs on this on this album, like some some two oh six Forrest Gump, because I I really sometimes I look back at like all the little funny quirky things that have happened over the years, and I'm just like, man, life's yeah. a trip, man. What what keeps you in Seattle? It's home, man. Yeah, I like it. You know, family's here, and just. You know, it's changed a lot, um, but I I love it here, mm-hmm. you know. There's nothing like it, you know, as much as, you know, there's, there's yeah, we, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, things here and there where it's just kind of like, okay, there's things that I loved about Seattle are not there anymore, you know, I swear, like, things that I've, have been around for years and all that kind of stuff, they start disappearing more and more as time goes on, but I don't know, I guess, and I guess that's just the nature of the beast, huh? Yeah. Just... Yeah. Dude, you're like, you know how wild it is to like watch an interview of someone from like 12 years ago and then talk to them? This is such a crazy experience. <laughs> that is so wild. That's, there's not a lot of artists who like, who have had like interviews like, from, like that I've interviewed at least that have uh, carried on for so long, you know? Mm. So that's so, that's so, it's like, that is insane. Let's think about that. Like you're just watching someone as like they grow up in music yeah. and then you like, then you're like next to them talking right now that's 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 kind of a trip <laughs> i mean i mean that i mean I, I look like for real like i look back on a lot of stuff and like I, you know i found myself like you know be it even from my perspective you know like looking up to guys like a like a warren g or like a brother ali and yeah. all these kind of guys and then like next thing you know you're just like homies with them and it's just like what the fuck life's Damn. weird you gotta get him you know brother brother ali has a podcast it's good it's really good you gotta get on it i try to get on it and he said, I'm Bridget, you okay? <laughs> oh, you want oh you want you hit him up to be a guest yeah, on it? Yeah, I wanted to hey, be a man. guest and I wanted him to come on my show. Hey man, I'm sure he has <laughs> I'm sure he has super he's super backed up, I'm sure, man. I could see you on it though. Maybe Wednesday. One day, we'll man. See. We'll see. He's a good dude. I got I got super love for Ali, man. Great guy. That is it's just so crazy. Like how like so there's so many different generations of artists from the West coast or the East coast that just come to Seattle and like have like a hold Seattle, like a special place in their heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, even if we don't have artists that are like popping off like every other day, like it seems like for the majority of people in 
the entertainment industry, Seattle holds some type of special place to them. It's like a weird little hub. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's changed a lot, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. Hope, hopefully we'll get some of that old thing back. <laughs> I think so. It, it, it happens yeah. with like people like you being open and transparent and open. It, it, it happens with uh, people willing to connect with each other, you know? Yeah. It's community. It's camaraderie. Yeah. It's a good word. Um, yeah. What is, what is some, what would you say is some uh, final advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Do it because you love it. It's it's really that simple. Yeah. And what is the easiest way to reach you? Uh, you're talking about like Instagram and everything. I mean, yeah, Instagram, Grinch206, G-R-Y-N-C-H-206. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Twitter too, you know, Facebook.com slash Grinch Music. You know, I'm, I'm around. <laughs> Check out his new album. Born in 86. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. This is the NAS podcast with... Oh, yeah, my name's Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Grinch. <laughs> and we did it.